Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Bryce Paul from Crypto 101. As we experience these crazy markets, I thought it just would be an interesting time to learn about cryptocurrency and the role it can serve during these really volatile times. Anyway, give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy it. Bryce, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for jumping on here. Yeah, really stoked to uh, to join you here on Wall Street Oasis, man. Yeah, you uh, you're a crypto guy, Bitcoin guy, and uh, you know it's somewhat feeling like end of days here right now. <laughs> so I I imagine uh, you're probably pretty in demand. Yeah, um, I mean, for, for, from a you know, crypto is definitely uh, in an interesting spot right now. I I like to think of it as a make it or break it spot for. For, for crypto, but really Bitcoin more specifically, um, you know, Bitcoin, I'm not sure if your listeners are, are, are familiar with it or, or how familiar they are with it, but, you know, it was, an, it was really created in the, the heart of the darkness uh, of the depths of the financial crisis, right? In 2008. Uh, and, you know, really it, it, it's white paper was 2008 and then it was, its software was implemented in January 3rd, 2009. And, you know, ever since then, the co- the economy has been reinflating, and Bitcoin has been you know inflating with it. Um, but we are now at the 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 cusp of another you know economic failure, a systematic systematic uh, economic failure, and Bitcoin here has never been uh, necessarily um, you know facing another catastro- uh, c- catastrophe like it has. Right now, and so really, it's a make it or break it point to say, "Hey, this is what you were built for. Um, if you if you don't die, um, you know it'll 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 continue to to to, to survive. Uh, but if you do die, um, you know that's it. That that's the end of the road for you. And you know, I'm thinking that Bitcoin has a really good shot uh, at surviving. You know, we were you know we we fell fifty percent in in one day, essentially in two days uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but we found a floor. Uh, around you know we're stabilizing around sixty five hundred dollars. Uh, there's still an active liquid market, and um, I, I think after this whole you know economic slowdown really you know speeds up. I should say uh, I think Bitcoin's gonna gonna have a really nice run because fundamentally there's there's a few there, there's there's different variables that are affecting the supply and demand of traditional assets, um, and there's different variables that than, you know, what affect you know, the supply and demand of Bitcoin, right? And so the real reason that, you know, everything in the economy is slowing down uh, and asset prices are falling is because, you know, people are being forced to stay home from work. Businesses are shutting down. Nobody's allowed to travel. And so that's all, that's a lot of stagnation in, in the economy. Um, and, you know, if you think of money as kind of the blood of a society, you know, the blood is standing still um, and you're getting all sorts of different uh, economic infections that are going to have long and lasting effects. Uh, that's why we see the VIX so 
high and sustained so high because nobody knows how to quantify forward risk. Nobody knows how they're exposed or or how long they're um, you know these these positions are going to be underwater and when companies are going to start making money again. Um, and with Bitcoin, like we we have always been quite tightly correlated to you know uh, risk on assets like the S and P five hundred et cetera, um, and, and still are. But the you know the variables that are affecting uh, Bitcoin's price are, are just completely different uh, in the long run. I mean that you have a different you know monetary policy, um, different inflation schedule, um, and you know it's really it's it's really an interesting time. So yeah, all, all, all that to say, I'm really excited that you know Bitcoin hasn't gone to zero, and every day that it doesn't go to zero, um, I think we have a a better chance of uh, surviving in the long run. It's it's something called the Lindy effect, where you know, the longer a technology uh, survives, the more likely it is to survive into the future. So I'm pretty right. excited about where we're at. Cool. So yeah, uh, I guess you know on a fundamental level, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies were designed, you said, during 2008 crisis as like um, something that's decentralized from the government and it can be a store of value that's not tied to, you know, like regular currency, it's tied to governments. Um, but in a crisis like we're going through now, I mean, everything kind of becomes correlated, like even gold and, and treasury bills like Bitcoin, everything's just going down where <laughs> correlations kind of all go to one. Um, yeah. And that can happen during a crisis, but over time, like, Crypto Bitcoin should be negatively correlated to uh, to like the broader markets, right? Right, and, and that's a great point that you brought up. I mean, so right now, you know, we have this this liquidity crisis where everybody is short uh, on how many dollars they have. Not necessarily like they're taking a short position against dollars, but they they need more dollars, right? Uh, why do people need dollars? They have taxes, tax liability that they need to pay. They have debts that they need to service. They have margin calls that they need to service. Um, they need to, uh, for, for a fund, right? You need to have cash on hand uh, in order to match uh, redemptions, right? A lot of you know, partners are going to be withdrawing their funds from all these different asset managers. Um, and so hedge funds and, and um, all sorts of different funds need to have cash on hand to, to meet those redemptions. And so everybody is you know, getting that tap on the shoulder. Every, every trader is getting the tap on the shoulder saying, hey, you know, sell all your positions, go to cash like now. And so you have this cascading effect and whether it's gold, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's, you know, your, your treasury bonds, right? You can't pay your debts in treasury bonds. You can't pay your taxes in gold. You can't, you know, pay your employees currently in, uh, you know, S&P 500 shares. Like you just can't do that. You need cash. And so worldwide, and plus all these different uh, central banks globally um, always have, you know, US dollars on hand. Um, and they need more in order to pay their debts uh, as well that are denominated in the U.S. dollar. So we we really have this entire you know cluster cluster craziness that's going on um, right now. Where again we saw uh, you know like you said the the correlations between you know all these risk on assets are pretty high, and even correlations are rising with risk off assets. But um, you know the um, the correlations will break as kind of time goes on and the market could start to quantify the risk that's in the system and, and where they're exposed. And, you know, we saw in 2009, um, you know, gold fell in tandem uh, with all the other risk on assets um, and then rose far, far sooner than all the other risk on assets, right? Uh, gold is the, the quintessential risk off asset. 
the inflation hedge, all that kind of stuff, of which there's a physical shortage in the market right now. Um, everybody's trying to buy gold and there's not enough uh, supply to meet that demand, but price has remained uh, pretty stable. So there's some interesting things going on in the, in the paper futures market as well with that, but not to get into that too much. Um, you know, the point that, you, that we're trying to make is that over time, the correlations uh, should break down to very low or to negative uh, for, for Bitcoin. Yeah. And, and if you don't see that, um, you know, I'm skeptical of the value proposition of Bitcoin. As a longtime Bitcoiner, um, you know, the, over the long term, that's, that's really the point is to have this non-correlated asset that you could put into your portfolio that has different variables which affect the supply and demand. Um, so you should have a higher beta coefficient in your portfolio, be, you know, because there, there's just more diversification. You should have a little bit less, um, you know, sensitivity to volatility and stuff like that. Right. So Bryce, let me ask you this, besides an investment and, you know, like a doomsday device, what do people like, what is the practical use of cryptocurrency right now? What are people using it for? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, you know, Bitcoin is a savings technology. Uh, first and foremost, it is this you know, new system that you could, you could use to get out of the dollar, uh, or out of, you know, fiat currencies and stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it's, so it's primarily to me, a store of value. Um, but again, it's absolutely a, you know, medium of exchange. You could go online. Uh, I could shop on Amazon, use Bitcoin. Oh, really? Amazon, Amazon doesn't, you can do it. Yeah. Am, Amazon doesn't directly, uh, accept your Bitcoin, but you have different services. Um, you know, one service that I really like is called BitRefill. Um, and you could, you know, send your cryptocurrency to BitRefill and they could give you gift cards to Amazon, gift cards to Walmart. I mean, mil I, I mean, I would say probably tens of thousands of different merchants uh that you could, you know, exchange your your crypto for uh different gift cards. So so in that in that regard, I mean, you know, it's kind of you know, it's, it's a medium of exchange insofar as you could get gift cards for it, but that's not that sexy. Um, that's not what, you know, you know, people want to see, oh, well, if Bitcoin's not accepted worldwide, um, then why is it even, why is it even value? I mean, it's a, it's a peer to peer, it's a peer to peer cash. I think the value prop of being able to settle, um, you know, payments instantly borderless, you know, with, with, with very low fees. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, but, but yeah, overall, I mean, this thing is, it, it's bigger than just, in my opinion, it's just bigger than, oh, well, can you, you know, spend $5 at Starbucks with Bitcoin? And if you can't, then it's not valid. Um, I think that, you know, th there's a lot more that you can do with it. Right. And it's early days in the technology. And I assume all that stuff will become more and more prevalent. But if I want to get started today, like, what's the easiest way to do it? Yeah, I mean, th that's a great question. And I think the easiest way really is um, you could go to coinbase.com, you could go to eToro.com, you could go to, um, you know, binance.us or binance.com, depending which jurisdiction you are, kraken.com. There's a lot, uh, you know, all sorts of different websites where you can just buy physical Bitcoin. Um, and what do I mean by physical Bitcoin? Where, you know, you have these private keys that you own and you control. Um, and you just buy it, whether it's 50 bucks. I mean, when I first started buying Bitcoin, I heard about it. Um, I started to understand kind of how, how the world is working. Uh, you know, fractional reserve banking, no gold standard, um, you know, built on debt. You know, there's this debt bubble that causes booms and busts at the expense of the taxpayer and all that kind of stuff. It got me really interested in an alternative, you know, currency, an alternative uh, financial system. And 
um, you know, when I saw, when I saw Bitcoin, I was like, okay, I'll just start dollar cost averaging, you know, every Friday when I get my paycheck, boom, put in 5% of that. Um, and I, you know, I started doing it through, through Coinbase and it, and it worked really well. So that's kind of my, my two cents on how to start getting involved. Um, and now's a great time. I mean, prices are relatively low, right? I mean, when and we started 2017 around, you know, 800 bucks, ended it around 20,000 bucks. And then um, now we're stable at the most actively traded price point in the past three years, which is $6,500 uh, per Bitcoin. So the market feels like it's found quite a little equilibrium or a fair value. Um, you know, we've gotten, you know, massive sell pressure that the market has absorbed. Uh, from all the panic with the the coronavirus, um, so it, it seems like a pretty you know decent risk adjusted opportunity to to position yourself for the next wave. Um, and, and again, a lot of this stuff is driven. A lot of the the, the Bitcoin price movement is driven by um, you know its deflationary monetary economics, right? And so, what do I mean by that? I mean by you know the U.S. dollar. Everybody knows it's supposed to go down in value. A dollar today is worth you know, more than a dollar tomorrow because you're trying to stimulate the economy and you don't want to necessarily have something that is rising in value be a means of exchange, but you're always, but then how do people save, right? And how do people accurately, uh, you know, make calculations on something that is completely, you know, losing value all the time. And so, I mean, again, in their defense, Bitcoin is also losing value, gaining value. It's not stable, but it's really a long-term, it's really a long-term idea. Um, and it's really a belief structure, I think, at the end of the day, um, which, you know, people say don't invest on beliefs. Um, and a lot of them are probably right, you know, but a lot of people didn't believe that social networking was going to be, th- it's much more of a VC type play, right? Uh, high risk, high reward. A lot of people didn't think, you know, Facebook or MySpace or any of that stuff was going to blow up or videos on demand. You're kidding. Who's, the internet's not even capable of streaming, you know, 4K video is what they were saying back in, you know, 2002 or 2003. How is Netflix ever gonna, you know, be successful? What the what the fuck? You're gonna you're gonna have a phone with no buttons? That's never gonna work. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have a social media platform that you could only have 140 characters. Like you know what what the heck? Like so there's all these things. You know even Google. You're gonna give away all these services for free. So there's all these like, crazy ideas that you know it takes a, a genuine uh, belief and it takes a, a genuine risk appetite and a, a genuine cha- like desire for something systematically to change. And I think that, um, you know, this whole crisis has really, um, hyperbolized or, you know, exponentiated the trends that we have in the world. Um, and what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, the, the, the white house actually put out a report that says, you know, the, the growth in telemedicine has fundamentally, you know, five X this year and is, is going to be, um, you know, it's it, this event, you know, fundamentally changed the growth curve of all of these digital industries, whether it's zoom, uh, and, you know, you know, uh, digital, uh, you know, video messaging, because people are realizing they can work from home and they don't need to go to work anymore. And, um, these trends are not just going to go back to how they were in the, in the normal people are going to see how easy digit fully digital systems are like telemedicine. Um, you know, like, like digital conferencing, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I think that people are also going to wake up to the idea um, that, Hey, what the heck, where did all this money come from that we just bailed out the economy in? Oh my God, I paid for that. Oh, well, how did I pay for that? Oh, well, they diluted the the value of my purchasing power. They they diluted the value of my savings. 
oh, they diluted the value of my 401k, all that kind of stuff. And you're, you, you feel gypped and you feel like somebody, you know, pulled a quick one on you. Um, and so by opting in to this alternative financial system, you, you kind of just opt out of, you know, you being at the whim of some arbitrary, um, you know, group of people that decide to inflate your currency, deflate the value, all, all sorts of different kinds of stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I think that the narrative is ripe for people to be waking up to, to, to the value propositions of Bitcoin as, as kind of a savings technology in the long term. And, you know, there's really cool new system that, you know, you know, I think has a lot of potential, man. Yeah. Um, well, Bryce, it's super interesting hearing you talk about all this stuff. Um, I'll get you out of here on the last question and my favorite talk, topic of uh, entrepreneurship. So you started investing in Bitcoin. You're obviously a huge proponent of the of the currency and the asset class, um, but you've like gone beyond that now. That you've you've made this your career, your 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 life. I'd love to hear about that. Oh yeah, cool, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I started out as a media guy. Um, I mean, went to school for media studies. Uh, started working at like a, a consulting firm, uh, doing some licensing and acquisitions of media content. Uh, for a TV network. And one day our, our CEO comes to us and he's like, hey, uh, who's heard of uh, Bitcoin? Who's heard of blockchain? And I kind of look around, nobody's raising their hand. I, I Honestly, this is early 2016. I hadn't really heard of it either. I was like, yeah, I heard of Bitcoin, but I have no idea why you're asking us. Like no clue. Uh, and he goes, well, um, you know, there's this, there's this new trend called blockchain. And I think, you know, distributed systems, um, and, you know, are going to bring some disruption to the media business. Um, and you're going to have a lot more transparency in the media business in regards to like numbers and uh, analytics. And he goes, I, I, you know, w- there's a lot of talk about blockchain affecting the media industry. So I was like, okay, cool. Interesting. So I had to do a report on it. And I started looking at a bunch of different systems that were starting to be built. Uh, some were like, you know, basic attention token, um, you know, Ethereum. Um, you know, which was what basic attention token is built on. Uh, Steam uh, was another project that I was looking at a lot. Lino Network, a lot of these different like you know video or content uh, platforms. And from there, uh, I went to go work at a company called XYO, um, and I ran the business development arm there. Uh, and it was another blockchain-based um, company that was you know doing all sorts of really cool analytics and stuff that were on the blockchain to keep everything you know really transparent and accessible and, and open. It's all about open data, right? Open, shareable, secure data is kind of the whole mantra behind uh, blockchain. And um, yeah, from there, uh, took, uh, took a leap of faith. Uh, Crypto 101 podcast has been around since June of 2017. Uh, we've amassed over 6 million views uh, and downloads since then. Um, we've had just a really, really fun time. Uh, but again, it's, it's a, you, you take a big risk, right? Starting a podcast and starting a business, writing a book, all that kind of stuff around this you know, technology that is very new. Um, it's, it's mildly, mildly proven. Um, you know, I, I just like to think, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just doing what I believe in. And I think that you know, it, it's, an, it's an awesome alternative system. And I'm a big alternative, alternative guy. I, I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities. Um, you know, I think, you know, people always have the right to, to a choice at the end of the day. And I think Bitcoin uh, and cryptocurrency at the end of the day just gives you a choice. Um, you know, you don't have a choice where you were born or, or, you know, you don't have a choice really what money you could use either. Um, 
considering, you know, if you're, if you're an American, you, you're born in America, you have to use the U S dollar to do all that kind of stuff. Um, but what if I want to, you know, send money to my friend in, you know, whatever, Australia, um, it, it's hard to just get him, you know, a wire overnight or all that kind of stuff. So I, I think Bitcoin just has a really cool use case, uh, there as well. But yeah, so did the podcast and, uh, wrote the book and, uh, I do a lot of online summits as well. So we have, uh, the crypto hedge fund summit coming up uh, June 25th. Uh, in June 26th. So you can go to CryptoHedgeFundSummit.com. And it's all free. It's online. And you could basically get uh, all sorts of different insights from over 30 hedge fund managers uh, that focus more or less on crypto uh, specifically. And uh, we'll have all sorts of different market insights that people are going to be sharing and all sorts of different, uh, you know, thoughts on um, the really the future, you know, where we've come from, where we're at, what's the future of crypto. So if, if that stuff interests your audience, uh, I highly encourage them to go to CryptoHedgeFundSummit.com to, to check that out. That's going to be really exciting. Cool. Uh, I love it. Uh, Bryce, this has been super interesting uh, hearing all this. Thanks so much for uh, coming on and doing it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Look forward right. to, uh, to talking to you soon. Yeah, talk soon, man. See ya. Later. Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow. Thanks.